I'm Danny Mickle with Mickle Brothers Farms in Damon, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to be with you again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Well, it doesn't matter where you are at here in our great state. One thing is for sure, winter is finally here. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. I'll kick on the heater as we ride around this Lone Star State to cover the most important industry in the greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we have a bright outlook for both cattle and cotton as we kick off 2022. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As a new year gets underway for ag producers in the Texas High Plains area, what's the price outlook for our locally produced commodities? I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. It is wintertime and January in Texas, but the National Weather Service says it'll be warmer and drier than normal during the first month of the year. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that forecast on Texas Ag Today. 2021 was another challenging year for Coastal Bend farmers and ranchers. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. U.S. cotton growers are wrapping up a year that has seen a big upsurge in the cotton market. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer says it's all about demand. We went through a year of pretty good demand and tighter exportable supplies. Good production this year, but demand, which has been pretty solid globally, 2.5% growth in cotton demand globally, which to put in context is a pretty strong rebound in demand. Which is why USDA is forecasting cotton prices this upcoming year to average 90 cents a pound. That's an amazing price for a season average. And then I think if you dig in a little bit deeper and you know you hear folks talking about dollar cotton, those are all very positive things from a producer standpoint. However, Meyer says one worry for the new year is the resurgence in COVID activity, which could reduce the demand for cotton. Now, the same story is also developing for the cattle outlook in 2022. Demand for beef is strong and expanding, and the cattle herd is shrinking. Meyer says cattle producers are cutting back on breeding animals, the calf crop was smaller last year, and beef production is expected to be about 3% less this coming year. You know, we might have a couple of years of continuing decline in beef production, as decisions made today still have to make their way into the system. And those steer prices, seeing a pretty good increase expected for 2022 and overall in steer prices. With Fed steers expected to average about 135 this coming year. That's about a 10% increase over last year. So a great outlook on the way for cattle and cotton. What about the grain markets? 
Well, they're looking promising as well, with corn around $6 right now, wheat around $8 as we start the new year. In fact, that $8 wheat was one of the biggest surprises in 2021. Mike Zizzullo is the president and founder of Global Commodity Analytics in Atchison, Kansas. I've always felt as though wheat needed to lead to grain markets and that wheat was the best reflection and gauge to investor sentiment and real food demand sentiment and, and supply demand sentiment. And so historically, wheat tends to lead the grains. And so I think the wheat did a much better job. 2021 became a year of the search for protein, and that's where the spring wheat and the high pro wheat really shined a big light on everything. Minneapolis spring wheat was a clear leader in all of this. Wheat demand was flattening at the end of 2021, and that may continue at least early in 2022. Producers are being incentivized and well compensated for pushing the envelope on increasing supplies. We see that in Argentine wheat, see that in Australian wheat. We are seeing the battle lines drawn now between increased demand and buying extra with new crop supplies getting ready to come on in the March-April time frame. Market analyst Mike Zizzullo in Atchison, Kansas. As a new year gets underway for Texas High Plains farmers, what's the price outlook for area crops this coming year? James Hunt takes a look from Amarillo. Looking back on the year we've just finished, Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez says weather issues like our long dry spells created difficulties for area farmers, but 2021 was also a year that delivered profitability potential with huge gains in prices for locally produced commodities pretty much across the board. Cotton is almost 50% higher today than it was a year ago. Same with winter wheat. Corn's up about 35%. So overall, the opportunity for profit was there. And, you know, those jumps we saw in cotton and wheat in particular were very large. Yes, commodity prices got much healthier in 2021. However, a similar experience is not as likely this year. We're starting to build back stocks. These prices are going to encourage folks to produce more. So do prices stay as supported as they were this year? I think that's a tall order, but I don't think we're looking at a collapse back to prices, you know, 2019 or kind of towards the beginning of the pandemic, it still seems that we've got fundamentals leading to a decent amount of support, particularly because of the drought that people are facing in the West. So if you think about some of the crop production areas out there, we're going to be short in the upcoming year. And so for what's ahead here in 2022, Dr. Benavidez and his AgriLife colleagues are offering this forecast for harvest time crop prices and annual average cattle prices. Corn, 550 a bushel. Sorghum at $9.11 a hundredweight, cotton at $0.84 cents a pound, an annual average feeder calf price of $1.60 a pound, and an annual average fed cattle price of $1.30 a pound. Tomorrow, we hear from Dr. Benavidez on that big challenge with inputs. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Now from prices to weather, what does the weather forecast hold for 2022? Tom Nicoletti visits with a Fort Worth meteorologist to get his take on the weather forecast for the coming year. 2022 is here and Texas farmers and ranchers and residents of suburban and urban Texas uh, have a new year to look forward to as far as uh, weather-wise. And we're going to go to Tom Bradshaw. He is National Weather Service meteorologist in Fort Worth. And uh, Tom, we are now uh, into the first weeks of winter and the first days of January. What does the forecast look like uh, for the month of January across Texas? Well, it's good to be with you again, Tom. And unfortunately, the pattern 
pattern that we're looking at for the month of January is very closely resembling what we dealt with during the month of December. It was warm and dry across pretty much all of Texas during the month of December uh, 2021. And with La Nina still strongly holding its grip on the state of Texas, we're expecting a continuation of warm, relatively warm, and certainly very dry conditions across the entire state during the month of January. Rainfall totals across parts of West Texas may not reach more than just a few uh, tenths of an inch, and even areas further east may not see rainfall amounts more than an inch or two through the entire month of January. What about temperatures uh, during the, the month of January? Well, obviously, January is normally the coldest month that Texas experiences. So obviously, up in the Texas panhandle, we'll see a lot of days with below freezing conditions. Even parts of north central Texas and parts of west Texas, on occasion, will have strong cold fronts that will come through and readings will will drop into the 20s and 30s. But we'll see a lot of 60s and 70s across the good part of the state of Texas during the month of January. And that's well above normal than what we normally expect for the month. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. 2021 was a challenging year for coastal bend farmers and ranchers. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, you can truthfully say that every year is a challenging year for farmers and ranchers, but I guess what really counts is how well They're able to deal with those challenges that Mother Nature, the markets, and global politics throw at them. For Coastal Bend farmers, the year started out unusually dry. 98% of our cropland is unirrigated, and that can be a serious problem. January through April produced very little rainfall, and planting time was extremely challenging for our row crop producers. And much of the cotton had to be replanted this year. But fortunately, although it was bleak back in April, May, June, and July turned out to be very wet. And that indeed brought some new challenges to farmers and ranchers. Much of the eastern portions of the coastal bend actually had too much rain. Cotton fields were flooded and many of the producers were seeing much yield potential lost as the blooms at the cotton plant were souring and falling off and sorghum was beginning to show some sprout but the sorghum crop did suffer damages much as 20 to 30 percent according to some producers but fortunately in mid-august conditions started to dry and sorghum farmers were able to salvage their crop despite losing much of what had been produced and cotton producers saw a great top crop develop on their plants. And fortunately for our cotton producers, the second half of 2021 saw an increase in market prices. So most of the cotton farmers were able to sell their crop for as much as 25 cents per pound over what they'd sold it for in recent years. That helped to make up for the diminishing yields that occurred because of poor weather conditions earlier in the growing season. Now our hay producers also were able to harvest a couple of very good cuttings and ranchers certainly did enjoy some very good conditions in grazing during the summer and fall months. All in all, 2021 turned out to be a well above average year for coastal bend agriculture, but it wasn't without its challenges. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area for Texas Ag Today. Texas anglers now have the opportunity to help improve bass fishing in Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and GastroGuard is commonly used in horses to treat ulcers. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. GastroGuard is commonly used in horses to treat ulcers, but Dr. Bob Judd says it may not be the best choice in the long term. Although omeprazole was considered safe in horses, a recent report indicated that using omeprazole and phenylbutazone or bute together can lead to gastrointestinal problems. Also, omeprazole was believed to be effective for long-term use, but actually a 50% reduction in absorption has been found after 28 days of continued use. In humans, taking omeprazole, or trade name Prilosec, a rebound gastric acidity has been shown to occur once the medication is stopped, and it is believed that this may occur in racehorses that must stop using the drug before a race due to withdrawal rules. The use of omeprazole in humans can lead to gastrointestinal disease when the person is taking antibiotics and it has been shown to increase the risk of diarrhea in neonatal foals. Again, using omeprazole with phenylbutazone has been shown to increase the risk of gastrointestinal toxicity rather than decrease the risk, which you would expect. The same thing has been found in dogs taking omeprazole and a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. So using omeprazole and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs is not a good idea in horses or dogs. We have prescribed these drugs together for years, thinking that omeprazole would actually protect the GI tract from damage, and now we know the effect can be just the opposite. The use of omeprazole in humans has been shown to increase the chance of a fracture, but so far, this has not been found to be the case in horses, but further study is needed. And although omeprazole has been shown to heal stomach ulcers in horses, it does not appear to be effective at treating or preventing ulcers in the long term after 30 days. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas anglers now have the opportunity to improve bass fishing in our state. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. We have entered another new year with a whole host of opportunities. And for Texas anglers, this new year means a new opportunity to contribute to Texas largemouth bass population while also entering to win a $5,000 shopping spree. It's all part of the Toyota Sherlunker program hosted by the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. The Sherlunker program runs year-round, but these first three months of the year are especially important. When anglers catch a largemouth bass weighing 13 pounds or more, now through March 31st, they have an opportunity to lend it to the program for selective spawning and stocking. The fingerlings from spawned fish donated through the program are later released back into the Texas water body that they were caught in. 
That gives future anglers an even better chance of catching a good-sized largemouth bass. In exchange for donating a lunker, anglers are entered into a drawing to win the shopping spree at Bass Pro Shops. They also receive items recognizing their contribution. There are four levels of participation through the Share Lunker program, so anglers who catch a bass under 13 pounds are still able to help the program. You can contribute catch and genetic data for largemouth bass over 8 pounds or longer than 24 inches to help biologists manage Texas fisheries. You can contribute data on the ShareLunker app or at texassharelunker.com. If you just want to check out the data for the fish that have already been caught, you can see recent ShareLunker data at the bottom of the page at texassharelunker.com. That is texassharelunker.com. Happy fishing. I'm Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We saw a mixed rate in the cattle complex to kick off the week on Monday, but we ended up closing lower in both live and feeder cattle. The grain market's under pressure as well. We'll take a look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whatever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look. Listen. Live. For more info, go to oli.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle complex on Monday with live cattle trading lower, feeder cattle higher throughout most of the day. However, right on the close, we ended up closing lower in both segments of the cattle complex. February live cattle dropped 77 to end the day at 138.92. April down 62 cents, 144.20. June live cattle down 45 at 138.75. As we mentioned, feeder cattle traded higher most of the day but turned lower near the close. January feeders dropped 62 cents, 166.25. March feeder cattle down 42 at 169.52. The April contract down 27 at 172.47. Cash fed cattle market quiet on Monday. We wrapped up last week selling most of our cattle here in Texas at 138. We had higher prices when you look up north in Iowa and Nebraska, mostly 140 to 141 on a live basis, but we did see a top price of 145 coming out of Iowa. Boxed beef higher on Monday. Choice up 88 cents at 266.14. Select up 33 at 258.56. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear auctioneer Troy in the new year, it's time to talk to Chris Carter about how they ended their new year at Carnes County Livestock Exchange. Kennedy, Chris, I know you had a good Christmas and I hope you're having a happy new year. Yes, sir, we did. Yes, sir, we did have a very good Christmas uh, visiting with family and friends. Uh, We did take our two weeks off here over the break, and uh, we'll be back on January the 6th. I want to wish everybody a happy new year and a safe new year. Do you have any anticipation on what your run will be like when we come back? 
Oh, when we shut down, we were running pretty good numbers, and I believe uh, we'll probably pick up kind of where we where we left off around that five to seven hundred mark. Do you think anything would get in the way of price? Oh, I don't. I don't believe so. Uh, they the numbers were pretty good when we shut down, and I haven't heard anything lately that that really would affect it on the bad end. So I think it'll it'll be kind of where it was when we shut down. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Chris. If you've got any questions or need of our services, please call Weldon Rouse at three six one five four two zero eight one zero or myself at 210-286-5345. We appreciate you, and we'll talk with you after the holidays are over. Yes, sir. Thank you. Neighbor, now, all the yards in the state worked hard at the tail end of the year to get ready for this year. Carl Herman said they've been working harder over the holidays than they did during the sale year. Carl, what you got coming this next week? I know there's probably uh, 35 or 40 good young to middle-aged cows coming that'll be uh, uh, bred cows. So they'll be they'll be nice. Uh, there's some pairs coming. Quite a few cattle already lined up. Give me a call at 979-820-5349. Call a barn, 567-4119. Or if you're in the Giddings area, call Max Ebner at 540-8676. Carl Herman called well Livestock. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. Good New Year to you, neighbor. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market. Our lean hogs close lower. February hogs down 35 cents, 81.12. April hogs down 7 at 86.65. Class 3 milk slightly lower. January milk down 2 cents, 20.02, 100 weight. The cotton market closed slightly higher. We did see a nice run-up in the nearby contracts early in the session on Monday. A strong Dow Jones and rising energy prices helping to boost cotton prices. However, we saw some unexpected strength in the U.S. dollar, and that put a lid on the rally. We ended up closing with March cotton up 63 points, 113.23. The May up 43 at 110.91. New crop December cotton up 30 points, 92.95 cents. Beneficial rain in southern Brazil and Argentina putting pressure on the corn market on Monday. We close with March corn down four cents, five eighty-nine and a quarter. New crops September corn down three quarters to close at five sixty-two a bushel. The wheat market continued its downhill slide from last week, both hard and soft wheat, continuing to lose ground on Monday. July Kansas City wheat down eight and three quarters, seven eighty-nine a bushel. July Chicago wheat down nine and a half at seven fifty-five a bushel. In the energy markets, February natural gas up ten cents, three eighty-three. February crude oil up eighty-five at seventy-six oh six a barrel. The financial markets slightly higher Monday afternoon. The Dow up two hundred forty-six points at thirty-six thousand five eighty-five. The Nasdaq up 187 at 15,832. The S&P up 30 at 4,796. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.